Welcome to my podcast, These Dramatic Days. I'm Jen, and I want to have smart conversations about Asian dramas, particularly good Taiwanese and Korean series. Hey everyone, so I'm going to start this episode by apologizing once again for not being very consistent recently. I've just been so busy. That's not really an excuse either, since everyone else is also busy. So I think I really just need to get more organized and drink the consistency Kool-Aid. But in the meantime, if you enjoy dramas and you like drama podcasts, please follow me on Spotify or anywhere else where you get your podcasts, because that's probably the best way to find out when a new episode drops since I am being so random at the moment. But let's move on to the actual drama that we'll be talking about this week, which is a series called Tomorrow. And this drama is actually ending this weekend on Netflix, so hopefully there's still a huge group of people who will be binge-watching the series in one go and will still want to talk about it. I would highly recommend watching it. I feel like it's a very meaningful drama. It's really unfortunate that I've heard a lot of things about this drama having low ratings or not being as popular as it could have been considering one of the main actors is Rowan who is a very popular idol but then again I suppose it's not that surprising in some ways because it isn't a drama that is light-hearted or fluffy or romantic it's very much a series that looks at the darker side of human nature and it definitely explores a lot of heavy hitting themes including suicide sexual violence bullying regrets so it's definitely not a walk in the park but it is thought-provoking and I think it helps you to understand the perspectives of other people who might be suffering around you and maybe makes you think twice about making judgments about other people. There's definitely a lot to talk about when it comes to this show so I'm going to give you a little rundown of the things I want to touch on today. So number one I'll explain the series briefly and talk about the actors and characters as usual. Number two I want to talk about the genres so it is a episodic drama which basically means that there's this new story arc that happens every episode or every few episodes relating to a specific character or situation. And I want to talk about how good episodic dramas are for exploring the human condition and the way that we live as people. But I also want to talk about the other side of this drama, which is the fact that it's a fantasy drama. So the series is centered around characters who are Grim Reapers, which if you are a fan of Korean dramas, you'll know that that is one of their favorite supernatural themes around death and Grim Reapers. But what I want to focus on today is not the actual Grim Reapers themselves, but the world building around the afterlife and what it's like to be a Grim Reaper that has a mission and is able to do things like go back in time or go into someone's memories, because I think those ideas are quite cool and fun to watch. Number three, I'll be talking about the main theme of this drama, which is what drives people to the extreme action of taking their own life. So this is my cue to give you a warning because we will be talking about several heavy topics that are touched on in the drama tomorrow, which include bullying and sexual assault. And so if you feel that these topics are quite upsetting, please consider giving this episode a miss. We will also be talking about suicide. And so I just want to point out that if you or anyone you know has depressing thoughts and it feels quite heavy all the time, you might want to 
to consider calling Lifeline on 13 11 14 in Australia. And I'm also going to add a bunch of resources down in the show notes for this episode as well. But basically, we'll be talking about all the issues that this show explores in terms of why people get depressed and how people come to feel so alone, even though we all go through things that are quite heavy and sometimes quite painful as well. Number four, I want to talk about how impressed I am with Tomorrow in terms of how it explores sexism and attitudes towards women when it comes to things like sexual violence, because I do think there's about four or five episodes or a couple of story arcs that look at this idea about how women seem to get blamed whenever something happens to them. And I think this drama does a good job of showing how ridiculous people's ideas and opinions of victims are. So I really want to talk a little bit about that. Number five, I thought it would be worth talking about some of the criticisms of this show because I do think most people have said the same thing, which is that the show doesn't quite focus on how people can recover from depression and trauma. So I thought it would be good to talk about some ways in which the series could have ended so that there would be more focus on this area. And finally, number six, I wanted to end on a more lighthearted note. So I'm going to be talking about the idea of past lives and looking at Rion's really sweet little love story, which I have a lot of feelings about, but in a very good fangirly way in that I like that story so much. As usual, I'm going to start by talking about the plot and the characters and actors. So if you don't want any spoilers, please make sure you watch the drama and then come back and listen to this episode. So this drama tomorrow is basically a Grim Reaper story and the main character Choi Jun Mung is a guy who's been looking for a job for a very long time, but he keeps failing interviews. And one day when he thinks he's going to get a job, he ends up failing once again and just as luck would have it he ends up meeting a guy who's trying to commit suicide on a bridge. He does what any good Samaritan would do and he tries to talk the man out of jumping from the bridge but while he's doing this he gets in the way of two Grim Reapers who are on the mission to save this man from committing suicide and anyway the situation gets real messy and he ends up falling over the bridge with the man and he ends up in a coma. When he wakes up he sees the Grim Reapers which is very freaky for him and he ends up in the afterlife where the director of the afterlife makes a deal with him so that if he chooses to work as a Grim Reaper he will have his coma reduced from three years to six months and all he has to do is work with a particular team of Grim Reapers who save people from committing suicides. This team is not liked by the other Grim Reapers in the afterlife because they do the exact opposite of what Grim Reapers are meant to do, which is escort the dead into the afterlife. All the other Grim Reapers are annoyed and confused by their presence, especially because in this series it takes from the old Bible idea that committing suicide is a crime against one's life, and so in the afterlife the other Grim Reapers seem to believe that the humans who do this should be punished. So there are conflicting values between this particular Grim Reaper team and the other Grim Reapers, and further to this, the two Grim Reapers in this team are also super eccentric. So the first one is a woman called Kurion and she has pink hair, dresses in a way that is like very unusual but also fashionable and she seems aloof and cold and very good at kicking ass but she actually has a very warm heart. The other Grim Reaper beside her is also very similar in that he's very sarcastic and dresses in this fashionable strange way and his name is Rungu and both these Reapers have to get used to their 
new teammate who is very empathetic, very emotional, and also just very funny and silly. And so the story focuses on these three Reapers learning to work together as a team and also learning to save people in different situations on Earth. And of course, the Reapers also have their own dark experiences with suicide in their own personal histories. This starts off as very secretive, but as the story unfolds, you get to find out their own personal histories. Due to the nature of this drama being a bit more episodic and not being a romance drama, there's a bit more of an ensemble cast rather than just two main lead characters. If you had to pick a main character in the series, it would probably be Ruin, who is playing Choi Junwoong. Most people would be quite familiar with Ruin these past couple of years because he's been in so many projects. A really big fan favorite is Extraordinary You, of course, where he plays Haru. And then he's also been in The King's Affection, which was also very popular because it streamed on Netflix and he starred alongside Park Yoon Bin, who's very popular in her own right since she was a child actor and has been in so many good projects. In between those two projects, Rowan was also in this drama called She Would Never Know and it was based on a webtoon called Sunbae Don't Put On That Lipstick. And I personally haven't seen this drama yet, but I've heard it's a very well-received romance drama. So with his latest role in Tomorrow, I feel like it's actually interesting to watch Rowan because it's one of the first roles he's done where he isn't a romantic lead and it's more comical than usual. So I think it's given him the chance to expand his acting range and also to do something a little bit different. But I guess going back to the idea of who the main character is, you could argue that Rowan's character actually isn't very central when it comes to the storyline because the other two Grim Reapers have these backstories that turn into these arcs towards the end of the series. And Kurion is very central to all the action in the story. And she's played by Kim Hee-san, whose past dramas I actually have never seen. And so there's not really much I can add about her acting career, but I just really love her character in Tomorrow. I think she's so cool and personable and also very interesting in terms of what happens in her character's backstory. Oddly enough, I have seen the other actor who plays Rungu in practically almost everything that he's been in. The actor's name is Yoon Ji-on and I have seen him in so many things recently, probably because they're trying to give him a leg up in the industry. And he's been in things like You Are My Spring, Monthly Home Magazine, Jerry san The Witch's Diner. And so he's really been in a lot of projects these last couple of years. And I feel like I've seen him play a lot of sassy or slightly mean characters in the past. So again, it was interesting to see him play a character that had a sad and moving backstory and also to see him do a lot of crying scenes. And the one last actor I wanted to talk about is Lee Soo-hyuk, the lead Grim Reaper for taking people into the underworld. And I have to say I almost expect to see him whenever there's a fantasy drama with sort of like dark fantasy characters because he was also in Doom at Your Service and he was in Scholar Who Walks in the Night which is of course a period vampire drama. And I think there's something about the fact that he's always wearing black and he has a very deep voice that kind of just reminds me of like Snape. I don't know why, but he really reminds me of Snape from Harry Potter. But at the same time, he has very nice sharp features and he just seems very otherworldly. So I can totally see why he's always being cast as like a vampire or some sort of magical being. So let's move on from the actors to talking about the genre of this drama, which is fantasy 
fantasy, of course, but it's also very much a story that is episodic, as I mentioned before. And what I mean by that is that the drama has some overarching storyline, but also has these mini stories that are just as important in each episode or every couple of episodes. And dramas tend to take on this episodic format when the main characters of the story have this job that serves a greater purpose and is meant to help a lot of people. And often these main characters also have to learn a lesson from other people as well. So it's a bit of a two-way street where the characters are helping other people get over their traumas, but also getting over their own traumas and tragic backstories as well. And I can think of so many really good dramas that take on this episodic format. In fact, I think most of my favorite dramas are episodic. So I can definitely recommend quite a few dramas in this category. And I'd say the best one that I saw last year was Move to Heaven with Lee Jae-hoon and Tang Jun-sang. And that drama was about trauma cleaners who basically clean up after those who pass away and have no family or friends that are close by to collect their belongings. And you can already see that that is going to be super tragic and touching in many ways because you're looking at many stories of different people and how they ended up dying alone to the point where they needed trauma cleaners to come and collect their belongings. It's a really, really good series and I would highly recommend it if you like Tomorrow. Speaking of Tomorrow, you're probably wondering why I've gone on a tangent to another drama, but I want to mention a few more episodic series so that we can talk about this in relation to this series tomorrow. So other episodic series that I think are good and worth mentioning include Hotel de Luna, which is a drama that looks at how different people come to remain on Earth as ghosts and what they need to do to move on to the afterlife. And I'd say that drama concept also was used in Sell Your Haunted House, which is a drama with Jang Nara and Yonghua from CM Blue. That drama also looked at the backstories of many people who became ghosts and why they were so angry or upset and couldn't let go of something that happened in their life. And continuing on with the supernatural theme, there's also The Witch's Diner, which was a very short drama that came out last year. And it was quite episodic in nature because basically there would be all these different people that would come into The Witch's Diner and then make a wish through eating her magical food, but also suffer the consequences of their wishes because they were often tied to some darker aspect of human nature, like seeking revenge or controlling someone else's behavior. And so that was a fun episodic series to watch. And the last one I want to mention is Taxi Driver, which again is quite similar in that it looks at revenge. Every episode focuses on a different individual who's been severely wronged in society, and they end up looking for this mysterious taxi service that helps people get revenge on the people who have hurt them. And so linking this back to the drama tomorrow, it is also an episodic series because it looks at the lives of different people who are all suffering in different ways and it really asks us to consider what sort of things make people so depressed that they would really think about doing something extreme and really scary. And I think the episodic format works really well in tomorrow because obviously that question can't be answered by just one factor. Suicide is a very complicated topic because there are so many factors that can lead people down a very dark path. 
So by having this format where you can introduce new characters every few episodes and then do a deep dive into their lives and their situations, it really enables the show to explore quite a few different ideas as to why people can get so depressed. And continuing from this, I think the episodic format makes these very serious topics like suicide and depression something that we can empathize with and understand more easily because the variety in the storytelling allows us to find a situation or scenario that we ourselves may have experienced or have seen someone in our lives experience. And so we're more likely to engage with the story and the characters and we're more likely to find it relatable or to have a sense of truth in what is being said. So for example, if the entire drama was only to focus on a single topic for suicide, such as the character wanted to take their own life because their life was hard due to an eating disorder or because they constantly failed in life, then in some ways it might not be so engaging to someone who hadn't gone through those things. And while you would definitely learn something new and really see something from someone else's perspective, I do think there's something to be said for watching something where you yourself have gone through the same experience it feels a little bit cathartic and it really helps you to process your own experiences. And I guess I chose that eating disorder example because I personally feel like it is something that I've never encountered in my own life, but I have encountered things like feeling really upset at continuously failing. And so I really understood the feelings of that character when I watched that story arc. But conversely, there would be a lot of people who have experienced eating disorders or are going through one now or or have friends or family that are going through this issue and they would really understand and feel the pain of the character in the show. And so that's the beauty of episodic dramas. I think they give you the best of both worlds in that they allow you to validate your experiences, to see them reflected on screen, but also to learn about other people's experiences and other lives that you've never gone through before. And this is all done under the umbrella of one single drama. And with Tomorrow, I think it's quite similar to the other dramas I mentioned before in another way which is that it only has a very mild romance story and I think that's because these stories tend to look at the darker side of human experience and they don't want to add in a really fairy tale like romance to then sort of counteract that. But then I think with that said ironically this drama is also very much a fantasy series but I think the fantasy element makes sense because it's not so much to add this layer of sweetness as a fairy tale romance would be but it's to complement the bittersweetness because even though the Grim Reaper team still save a lot of people from committing suicide, there's still death and there's still a lot of sadness involving people having to leave for the afterlife. So I guess they couldn't make it too dark either. And so the fantasy element sort of balances that darkness to do with death. And I have to say Grim Reapers are very, very popular. I think ever since they were introduced into the fantasy genre in Korea, they sort of haven't left which is a little bit like zombies as well. And I have to say, I think it's quite funny because I think Koreans have given Grim Reapers the same treatment that Western culture has given vampires, which is to make them super beautiful. Because if I met Rowan as a Grim Reaper, I would definitely just be like, wow, the afterlife is going well. But I think the drama Tomorrow has also gone and taken this one step further by not only making Grim Reapers super beautiful, but also the world that they come from super beautiful as well. I guess technically, it is kind of like heaven but it's also very updated with its technology. I like the fact that the drama includes this like video center where they make entire videos of people's lives which have highlight reels and it's 
not only people but also animals because obviously there's this episode in Tomorrow where it looks at the life of a dog who's about to commit suicide and I just think it's so cute that they have the dog's perspective recorded from the moment that he was a puppy. But it's less about the physical world of the Grim Reapers as it is about the magic of the Grim Reapers that I want to talk about and what I like about this series is that the Grim Reapers themselves actually don't seem to have that many magical powers but they do have the ability to use magical items which I really like it kind of reminds me again of Harry Potter and so the first item we see being used in the series is this key that Rion gets to go into the memory of the girl who's being bullied and I think the magic is really well set up in this series because there are rules and I think sometimes people are like oh well magic is just magic but I do think you need the rules to understand something that doesn't actually exist in our world and breaking those rules have consequences so for example with the magic key they had to remain unknown in the memory because if they were discovered by someone then the world of the memory starts to implode and they might never leave the memory forever and I felt like it was really exciting when Rowan's character Junwoong actually did break the rules because there was a really cinematic feel to the way that the world imploded it kind of reminded me of Inception if you've seen that where the dreams start to move around and really close in on the characters it also reminded me of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind which is a movie about a similar idea that story is about traveling through memories as they're being erased from someone's mind and so there's a bit of that scary chase factor as well as the character is trying not to be erased and it feels like memories are very messy like we don't remember everything clearly and in linear order so I love that the world inside the memories is so chaotic another magical world building object was the car that they drove to travel back into time to look for the fried chicken for the friend that was very depressed about failing and even though that car didn't technically fly I guess it does remind me of the flying car in Harry Potter but more than that I was really impressed with the idea of driving back into time like how cool would that be just taking a drive back into like a decade beforehand and what I thought was really smart was that they did have to pick an old car that suited the time that they were traveling back into because if they picked some fancy new sports car that didn't exist in that time they would be in so much trouble because it would be so obvious that they were not exactly normal people but you know the funny thing is at the time I was watching it I was really confused as to why they couldn't pick a fancy car that Junmoon wanted to drive but now I understand that so I'm just letting you know in case you are someone like me who was like why can't they pick a nicer car anyway I guess my point is with the consistency and rules of the magic in this world I think you can really suspend your disbelief and believe in the Grim Reapers and the world of the afterlife that's been painted in this drama so I guess now I want to talk about the main theme of the show which is what drives people to do such extreme actions I feel like that's pretty much what this drama is choosing to explore like all the dark moments that we go through as humans that really test our ability to keep going on and for those who watch the show you'll know that the series is called Tomorrow because the Grim Reapers on this team that try to save people from taking their lives are really hoping that the people choose to take on another tomorrow and I have to say that I'm really glad a show has come out which is focused on tackling maybe some of the key issues around suicide and I won't say that this is the perfect show because in a moment I'll talk about some of the main criticisms that I have heard about it and things that I would consider that would make the show better but I do think that it takes away the stigma of talking about having issues if you can start to create media 
around it because I do think in Korea there's still this huge stigma about talking about your mental health and this is quite dangerous when you consider that the World Health Organization has said that Korea has the fourth highest suicide rate in the world as of 2022 which is quite sad because the country is so developed and they have some of the most developed technology in the world but despite the fact that they have so much going on for the country I think there's still a need to find happiness that is really hard for a lot of people and so I think having shows like this really helped to start to normalize these discussions and at the very least I hope it helps people to feel less alone I also hope that if people are in these situations like maybe if someone is a bully or if someone is criticizing someone else for their weight maybe seeing something like this will help them to rethink their actions it might not be that this show changes someone's attitude entirely because I do think that it's hard to do that but it might start to ring a bell in someone's head that what they're doing has consequences and those consequences could hurt another person so the first episode looks at a girl who is bullied severely in school and she's left with that trauma and then later on has to encounter her bully as an adult and it's really sad to see that the bully hasn't changed at all she's not apologetic but continues to bully the girl and so it's no surprise that bullying is one of the big factors that drive people to consider ending their lives and unfortunately I think that bullying is pretty prevalent everywhere and there's probably more that we could all do to address this problem but I do think that it is especially a problem in Korea because there is a very strong emphasis on hierarchy and you're supposed to really respect and bow down to your seniors and anyone who's considered stronger or more above you in any station of life but by emphasizing hierarchies instead of more equal structures there's a greater chance of allowing for people to abuse their power or just generally look down on those who are on lower tiers on the hierarchy compared to themselves. And these sort of hierarchies can be anything. So whether or not someone is more well-off than you financially or whether or not someone's more popular than you or smarter than you, there's so many hierarchies that it gives way to a lot of different types of bullying that can happen in society. Anyway, in this episode with the school bully, it is particularly unfair because the bully ends up becoming famous for making a webtoon about a girl who's being bullied and she pretends to speak out strongly against bullying when she herself is the ultimate bully and this whole episode actually reminded me of that whole celebrity bullying scandal that happened last year or the year before where a lot of Korean celebrities were accused of being school bullies and there were a lot of hardcore fans who were saying oh well it's most likely that the celebrities have changed and this is so unfair you can't judge someone based on something that they did when they were in school but I think this episode also illustrates the other side of it because you can't be sure as an outsider or as a fan that the people you watch on stage and on screen are necessarily more mature or better people now that they've become famous. I think a lot of the time fame also changes people and so there is that worry that they've not actually improved as people but maybe gotten worse in their behaviors in that they now also might act the same way or worse but are just better at hiding it and I'm not saying that's definitely the case 
for people who get accused of school bullying, but I do think that that is something that runs through the minds of everyone who hears about it when these sort of cases happen. Anyway, this episode did a good job of showing the sort of traumas that people go through when they've been bullied, and I thought it was just so terribly devastating that that girl who was the victim couldn't even smile many years after she had graduated because it was so tied to the psychological and physical abuse that she suffered at the hands of her classmates. And so you can see the consequences of bullying is that it can really do a number on someone's self-esteem and their confidence as a person. And I thought it was really interesting that Rion and Junwong both had different approaches as to how they should talk the victim out of her suicidal thoughts and ideas. On the one hand, we need to be compassionate and understanding and empathetic to anyone who suffered that kind of behavior towards them. And that was definitely Jun Wong's approach to handling the victim in this case because he's such an empathetic character. I really like how he's always thinking about the victims that he encounters and putting himself in their shoes. And he wears his heart on his sleeve and he is very emotional when he wants to be. And I thought Rowan was very good at pulling all the different expressions that this character had because he had a lot of emotion. But I also agreed with Rion telling the victim that she had to move on from this incident as well because the truth is you are the only person who can help yourself and sometimes by dwelling on something really negative you end up victimizing yourself all over again and it's kind of like that concept that I once heard where someone said that if someone attacks you then it's like you've been shot with an arrow but then if you end up ruminating about this incident and you end up getting angry and you can't let go then it's almost like you've shot yourself with a second arrow and so I think from the first episode of this drama, you can see that bullying, rumination, and being victimized are all things that can lead people down the dark path of suicide. Other factors that can lead people into really dark places is poverty and the constant feeling of failing. And that's what happens in the second story arc with Jun Wong's friend who keeps failing his civil servant exam despite trying really hard on it. And then he's also dealing with the consequences of poverty that he's had to suffer with his whole life. Poverty is such a horrible situation to be in. It's not only that you can't afford the things that you need to survive, it's also the fact that you lose your standing in society. So in this episode, you see that Jun friend would get bullied at school because he was poor. But I like that Jun and his friend started to bond together because they both fought against the bullies. I feel like this is a common theme in school films like a lot of the time because two guys stand up to bullies they end up becoming really good mates and I think it was interesting that they mentioned that his friend was poor from the IMF crisis because that is something that also turned up in the drama 2521. And if you're curious about what the IMF crisis is, it basically was a huge financial crisis that really affected Asia, especially Korea. But if you're interested in the details of what it actually is and how it happened, go back and listen to my episode about 2521. 
But anyway, aside from poverty, it was also the constant sense of failure that made his friend want to take his own life. And I feel like failure is a really common human experience. We've all had that before, but it can really drag you down if it's just happening over and over again and you feel like you don't have any little wins in your life. What happens is you end up feeling really trapped and you're stuck in limbo and stuck in a rut. And so it's really easy to become quite depressed from something like that. Another reason that goes hand in hand with this is bad luck. And so there's an episode with a couple where the female in the relationship ends up passing away and her partner blames himself because in his life, everyone he's ever cared about ends up dying and he feels that it's somehow his fault that he's bad luck especially because he was the cause of his mother's death when he was born and then his abusive father would always tell him that he was the reason why his mother died and then he was adopted by his really kind aunt and uncle and happy for many years but because of an accident which he wasn't involved in he ended up losing that whole family as well and so he just felt like everyone around him would end up dying and then when his partner died it was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And this sort of story always sounds like it's made for the movies, but I did hear a real life story the other day where that's exactly what happened to the person. They lost their brother to cancer, their father to suicide, and then their closest friend died in a car accident, which he was also in, which left him with a disability. And when you hear about something like this, it just feels like life is so unfair. Like some people suffer lots of tragedies and other people don't suffer any at all. I think it would be so hard to not feel bitter or to feel like you're the only one being targeted by the universe with a very very cruel joke. I feel like the only way around it is to change your mindset and to adopt a sense of stoicism and this is definitely easier said than done but I feel like you hold out hope and you feel like your suffering is worth something if you're able to see it as something that you learn a lesson from or that that you will grow through. Another reason that leads to major depression and sometimes suicide is when people feel like their lives are meaningless or purposeless, or if they have a huge sense of regret, usually from making a mistake that they feel like they can't fix or making bad choices that they feel like they can't turn back from. And this is the case in the episode with the old war veteran because he went into the Korean war and came out of it losing everything everything. So he came home and his family wasn't there anymore. He also suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and as a result couldn't work and ended up being a rubbish collecting man. And it's just so sad because he felt like he had lost all the opportunities to live a proper life. And I really liked how the Grim Reaper solved this problem because they showed him that his actions were meaningful and had contributed to the entire country. And so it was actually a really selfless sacrifice that he had made for everyone around him. And I think this episode shows us that sometimes when you feel that your life isn't that meaningful, all you have to do is look at all the things that you've done in the past and see who you've helped along the way, because I don't think that you've lived a life without helping anyone around you. Another factor for depression that was explored in this series was social expectations and pressure. And actually this also had to do with workplace bullying and bullying at school again. So I think bullying is actually one of the really big factors. And 
for this girl who was subjected to schoolyard bullying, she grew up feeling that she was not attractive enough all the time and she worked in a workplace with a really misogynistic boss and so she was afraid of looking anything but perfect. But I thought it was interesting that they contrasted this with a character who wasn't conventionally good looking and always got picked on by their boss but because she had that sense of self-confidence from within herself she didn't care what other people had to say about her and continued to live her own way. And so I think it really shows us that even those people that you think look perfect or lead the perfect lives sometimes suffer in silence and so everyone has their own problems. And what I like about this series is that they not only focus on people having problems but also animals as well. So there was this episode with a super cute dog that felt that he was being a burden on his owner so he ran away and tried to get killed on the road. And it feels like the stereotype is normally that it's the elderly or the impoverished that feel like they are burdens to people. But I like that they took the perspective of a dog because animals also have feelings as well. Especially dogs who are like the most loyal of all animals. And I think some people would find this story hard to believe because animals do have such strong survival instincts. But I have witnessed a suicidal dog before. There was this stray dog that my grandfather used to feed all the time and he would plant himself in the middle of the road and drivers would have to swerve around him. And so I do think that it's possible for dogs to get depressed and want to end their lives. And I hope this episode reminded people with pets to be more attentive to their animals because you never know when they're going to leave you. It was just so sad at the end when the owner was reunited with his dog only for a few hours because the dog was going to pass away from illness anyway. The last big cause of suicide that the show explores is the idea of guilt and trauma. And I think these two are often linked together because when something traumatic happens, people feel guilty for surviving the situation or for causing someone to get into that situation and be hurt or for not saving the person when they could. And in this drama, they looked at guilt and trauma in relation to very serious topics, including sexual assault and death. One of the most harrowing and saddest tales that were told in this series was the one about the comfort women. And believe it or not, I think that in this series, they actually toned it down by quite a lot because I recently watched an interview with a comfort woman and she talked about being tortured, raped, beaten, and all of that would go on for hours a day. I can't remember how long, but it would have been something onwards from 10 hours, maybe 15 or even 20 hours. And the thought just made me feel so incredibly sick. And it's just incredibly sad because that woman has now passed away, but she basically spent her entire life trying to get over this trauma and also trying to ensure that the Japanese government took ownership for their wartime crimes and acknowledged that they had caused so much pain and suffering. But the Japanese government has continued to either stay silent or to deny that the entire thing happened. And I'll link the interview with the woman down in the show notes below so that you can learn more about it. But going back to my point about guilt and trauma, I can't imagine what it would have been like for the friend who found out that she was the one who had sent her friend to such an awful situation because that level of guilt would also be very traumatizing in its own right. But I also think the idea of guilt and trauma are explored really closely in the Grim Reaper's own personal stories about dealing with suicides in their lives because both Rangu and Rion have such deeply tragic stories where they 
felt responsible for another person's life, whether it was someone else taking their life or someone else turning into a bad person because of them. And I found Rongu's story particularly heartbreaking because he himself was involved in the victim blaming of his mother and she actually endured a gang rape. But Rongu as a child misunderstood things because of the way that people gossiped about his mother and he told her that he was ashamed of her, which ultimately led to her committing suicide. And later on as an adult, he discovers that everything he knew as a child turned out to be some big mistake. And the guilt you would feel from that would be so devastating because it's one of those mistakes that you can't fix. The way that he was so harsh to his mother in the moment where she needed comfort the most was just so very painful to watch. And that guilt ends up eating Rongu as well because it leads to him dying from a drug overdose, which is essentially a kind of suicide because he no longer cared about his own life due to this very fatal mistake that he made. And really that's why he chooses to become a Grim Reaper because he wants to spend all of eternity atoning for this mistake that he made. And later on when he does run into his mother in her reincarnated life, she herself also experiences a sense of guilt because she feels like she's responsible for losing her baby even though she was the one who was assaulted at work and it wasn't her fault at all. But I guess this goes back to the point I made before where guilt can really consume you if you feel like you were the last person responsible for someone's life. Guilt also plays a really big part in Rion's backstory as well and leads to her eventual suicide. Even though she did nothing wrong in her past life, she unfortunately lived in a time where people were less educated. There were also many misogynistic views about what women were limited to in their role and I think it was a time where your reputation was built upon what society thought about you and so gossip could really tarnish your standing in society. And because she survives a kidnap by barbarians and she returns home, all these vicious rumors follow her around and not only that, people literally cast stones at her. Like she's being ostracized by everyone who used to know her and big plot twist reveal, the man who was her husband in her past life happened to be Park Jong-gil, the lead Grim Reaper who opposes her team in heaven and also her past superior who she used to report to in the afterlife. Anyway, because they loved each other so much and he was very protective of her from all the gossip, he started to kill other people as a way of protecting her and she felt guilty about turning him into a monster when that wasn't really who he was as a person and so that eventually led her to take her life to protect him. So we can definitely see that guilt and trauma are two things that can lead to very severe depression and the last ideas explored in this drama in regards to suicide is the idea of burnout and isolation which is explored through the reincarnation of Rion's friend from her past life who turns into a celebrity idol in this reincarnation of her life. And I think we often think that celebrities and rich people have it real good and they don't have any problems but I like that this show also explores the fact that it can be very isolating and you can actually receive a lot of hate for being someone that has it all and often you're surrounded by people who want to use you or who are jealous of you and so it can be very terribly lonely. I also liked that the show reminded people that idle life can be very very hectic and can lead to a strong sense of burnout which can take a major toll on mental health and lead towards depressive 
thoughts that lead to suicide. So that was a very long discussion that sums up all the different issues that the show explored about reasons why people get into dark places and I was impressed by the number of issues that they managed to cover and the fact that they looked at so many different types of people from different walks of life. They even had animals. But the thing I was actually most impressed about was the way that they explored in depth sexism, misogyny, and the negative attitudes that people have towards sexual assault victims, particularly in the way that people tend to victim blame, as if the victims themselves are actually the problem as opposed to the perpetrators who committed the crime and hurt someone else. The show does a good job of illustrating just how ridiculous it is when people tell victims that they should have done something differently. Because most of the time women are watching out for their own safety and you can see this in the episode with the girl who gets sexually assaulted. She begs her twin brother to go home at the same time as her but he wants to stay out late and so he says no and tells her to catch a taxi on her own. And so it's very hypocritical when he tells her that she shouldn't have been drinking, she shouldn't have been going out late when he was the one who was doing exactly the same thing and also not looking out for her when she herself had asked for that protection. The victim's parents also end up blaming her for the clothes that she wore that night and all those common things that people love to say to victims. But I think you can see from that episode that it wouldn't have mattered what she had worn because the guy was just there out hunting for someone to take advantage of. And if it wasn't that girl, it would have been the next girl who walked past. And I love that the show makes us question why is it that we place so much burden on the victims to be looking after themselves when most of the time they are. Honestly, I'm pretty sure no one goes around thinking, oh, I would like to be assaulted today. Most people do use their common sense, but I think once in a while you might make a mistake or you might be forced to be in a situation which you didn't account for. And I think it's harsh and nonsensical to then say that someone would deserve to be assaulted just because there was this one incident where they were met with bad luck. But of course we see that victim blaming has been around since a very long time ago because of these old traditional ideas of women having to be pure and women being people's property. And you see that in Rongu's story as well as Rion's story that there's these ridiculous and rigid categories of being pure or being impure. And if a woman is thought to be impure, even if it's not true, as in the case with Rion, then she ends up being punished by society. But the thing I found shocking the most was that comfort women were also treated this way when they returned home to Korea. This just makes me so sad and angry because these women were abused really, really badly. And then they came back to their home country and they were seen as impure. I've even heard stories where they were considered traitors to the country for servicing people of another country. This just made me feel so angry because it made no sense whatsoever. They were totally victims and this was not done out of choice at all. And I think the show does a good job of showing us how there's a need for society to change their views towards women. And while it's obviously changed since the time that Rion and Rongu were humans and not Grim Reapers, it definitely hasn't changed that much. As you can see in the modern sexual assault case, that it's still a privileged male who ends up getting away with it until there's some magical intervention in the show. So this deep dive into sexism and misogyny was definitely 
definitely the strong point of tomorrow but I also think there were quite a few criticisms of the show because the ratings weren't that great and that's kind of surprising because this drama was based on a webtoon so it should have already had a base audience. The other thing was that it also had Rowan who is an idol as one of its lead actors and so you would think that his fans would flock towards this drama as well. And while this drama does cover a darker topic so do many other dramas so I don't think that's what kept people away. I think the answer as to why the show got low ratings can be found in the comments section whenever you look at a thread about the show on any forum or any discussion board and the main criticisms seem to be that while the show has been very good at exploring the actual issues as to why people get quite depressed and take their own lives it hasn't been quite as good in terms of exploring how we as a society can fix some of these issues. I think a lot of the time the show seems to resolve the issues by involving the Grim Reapers and coming up with a magical solution or glossing over the issue without providing any workable solutions. So one example of this was the episode with a girl who had low self-esteem and was suffering with a very severe eating disorder. They indicated that she should work on her self-esteem although there wasn't really any indication of something like going to therapy or getting help from friends. It sort of felt like they told her that she just needed to believe in herself and then all of a sudden she could start eating cake again which would be so ideal in a dream world but I do think that in reality it's a lot harder to fight our eating disorder and I think there's a lot of processes involved in fixing someone's self-esteem and confidence and getting them to look at their own body and food in a healthy way so that they feel comfortable enough to eat like everyone else does. Another example of an issue that didn't really have a very strong actionable resolution was the episode with the friend who was very severely depressed from continuously failing his exams and he wanted to eat the fried chicken from his childhood which was impossible to find. In that episode the Grim Reapers go back in time and get him his fried chicken and that supposedly helps him to stop becoming depressed because there's a note that tells him not to give up which is the same quote that his father said. But I think in real life you can't just solve depression by eating fried chicken and as far as I know there's no magical beings that help you to fulfill your wishes or get you your cravings. And while reading quotes are good for changing your mindset and cheering you up when you're not feeling well I do think that it would be difficult for that quote to really cheer up that character if he were going to fail again and again over the next few years on that test. And so the show doesn't really show you what you can do if you are severely depressed to the point of thinking about taking your own life. One last case that was kind of too easily resolved was the case with the sexual assault victim. Don't get me wrong, I'm sure her brother apologizing to her for being so harsh and being completely ridiculous with his victim blaming would actually make a huge difference to her life. But again, it just seemed like there was no solution given on how she could have dealt with her parents or with the stress and trauma of the court case. And so it just felt like something was missing towards the end of that episode. Admittedly, I haven't read the webtoon for this one and so I can't tell if the drama follows the webtoon exactly because maybe these things are missing from the source material of the webtoon. But I do feel like they could have used some creative license to add in the solutions. 
and it wouldn't have changed the story too much. See, in my opinion personally, I think the drama would have been a lot more popular if it did give people solutions to some of these problems. And these solutions would be things like going to therapy and processing your traumas or depression, or keeping a journal for the same reason of venting out your feelings and processing them through writing, or joining a support group because people with similar experiences would help you to talk about your own and find support during the hard times, or doing any specific activities to shift your mindset and create boundaries with people who might be treating you very badly. And I know some of these ideas might be stigmatized or considered really out there in Korea, but I do think that the show would have been considered popular for advocating things that would help people and also supporting a lot of ideas that I think younger people are realizing are important, but sometimes don't have the power to advocate themselves. And I don't think it needed to be some massive change, but it would have been cool to see a character having their problem solved by the Grim Reapers initially, but then continuing to look after their mental health by going to see a therapist or reading a book about self-help. Just something that you could practically relate to and practice in your life, especially because it's unlikely that we will probably bump into any Grim Reapers that can solve our life's problems. Surprisingly, I did also notice some side criticisms about things like Rowan's acting or the lack of romance in this drama, but I feel like these things are maybe a matter of taste. I think Rowan actually did really good in this drama because it was such a comedic role that had to balance out the other two characters that were much more sarcastic with darker storylines. But maybe I'm just biased because I do have to admit that he looked extra cute with really floppy hair in this series. And I have a weakness for characters that are super empathetic towards everyone because I just feel like that's how everyone should be. Also, I'm friends with a pretty big Rowan fan and I feel like she would kill me if I said anything bad about Rowan. So there are these few caveats to keep in mind. As for the lack of romance, I feel like this drama was not meant to be romantic. It's pretty much meant to be looking at human suffering and the human condition. But I don't think you could say it was unromantic either because obviously there was that beautiful and tragic love story between Kurion and Park Jun-gil. And even though it was revealed quite late in the drama, I think it was quite beautiful because I think it was a love story that showed us that kind of deep, unconditional love where you continue to care for someone even if they forget who you are or they hurt your feelings. And it just felt like a real and true love across time and space. And so that's the last thing I want to talk about to end off this episode about the drama tomorrow. I have to say, even though the romance really only lasted one episode, I really liked how they portrayed Jungil and Rion's love story. Because sometimes when they tell the history of the love story between two characters, it's very brief and you don't feel the feelings. But with this one, I think the actors really pulled off those emotions. And I like that Rion continued to wear her red eyeshadow for thousands of years later because her husband had told her that that was something that made her look beautiful. And I think the little things like that that carried over from Rion's past life helped to show the depth of this love, which continued to haunt her even in the afterlife. And call me a sucker for pain, but I really loved the tragedy around their love story in that Jungil loved her so much that he was willing to go into 
dangerous territory to rescue her. And then when she came back and was ostracized by everyone, he was willing to turn to the dark side in order to protect her. But on Rion's side of things, she loved Jungil too much to let him turn into an evil person. And so she made the ultimate sacrifice on her life to free him from being tied to her. And later on, she finds out that sacrifice is forever because their bonds are broken and they could never have that same love again in a different lifetime. Because apparently that's what happens when you commit suicide in the world of this drama. And oddly enough, I really bought into the tension between Jungil and Rion in the afterlife because I just think that Jungil had such dark energy around him, but he also just had this vibe of a wounded puppy dog. And I knew this had to run a lot deeper than just him feeling betrayed that his best worker had gone to another team. And I have to admit that once Jungil found out about his past life and his love with Rion, I was hoping that they would somehow rekindle that in the afterlife, but that wouldn't have made sense with that whole punishment with Rion taking her own life and therefore severing all the bonds between her and those in her past life. But even though they didn't bring back the romance, I liked the way that the story ended with the couple in that Jungil sometimes pops by in a playful way to hang out with the risk management team. And linking this to the story outside of the romance, I really liked that even though this is one of those stories where it's about a human who experiences a magical journey, but then has their memory wiped, that there was still a playful interaction where they got to meet Junwoong and him about not knowing about the world of the Grim Reapers which he was so involved in until recently. And I just thought that this was the perfect ending because while it was a little bit bittersweet in that he couldn't remember the things that had happened and he didn't recognize his friends, they also really emphasized that it was only 50 years until he would go back to being a Grim Reaper and with Grim Reapers living thousands of years, 50 years would just be the blink of an eye. And so it really is quite a happy ending. I mean, Jumon gets to go back and live his life and then he would be reunited with his Grim Reaper friends. So it's much less bittersweet than a lot of other stories that follow this kind of storyline. So I think that's all I have to say about tomorrow the drama. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If it's been fun, please subscribe or share this episode with a friend. You know, incentivize me to make episodes on time. And on that note, I'll see you all on the next episode which will hopefully be a lot sooner than this one has been. Thanks for listening.